0: Monday, October 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Ellen joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Happy Columbus Day, guys.
1: Happy yeah, Columbus. Columbus. Day. It is Columbus Day. Everybody out of school and out of work, and here we are. To uh, the adventurers. Exactly.
0: Uh, it, it is an all mailbag podcast today. Email us radio at fool.com. Uh, again, all mail, all the time on this edition of Market Foolery. We're going to start with an email from Joe Stab in Colorado. He writes I'm a college student looking at investing, but I'm curious about what you guys think about the euro. If the euro fails, uh, will it bring our market crashing to its demise? Am I right in worrying about this, or should I wait to invest my savings, or should I strike right now? Thanks. Boy, I hope he's not right about that whole bring our
2: market crashing to its demise part. Demise is a big word. <laughs> um,. You're right to be thinking about it, but I wouldn't let that keep you out of stocks. And I don't necessarily mean all stocks, but selectively buying into well-run companies that are diverse, that have good balance sheets and good long-term prospects. Uh, You know, one of my favorable stats, there have been 78 sovereign defaults or debt restructurings between now and Warren Buffett's birth. And somehow, way, he has managed to make many, many billions by investing in solid businesses over the long haul, buying them at good prices. And I'm confident that you can do, maybe not quite as well, but pretty well for yourself following that same strategy and just thinking 10 years out, not 10 days out.
1: Yeah, but, I was going to say, hey, uh, hats off to, to Joe here. When I was 24, and co- I wasn't in college, I was 22, but at that age, a demise for me was not having a 12-pack of beer lined out up. out fries. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, so good for you for thinking about this. But yeah, I mean if you if you want to quantify it, I mean you look at something like I think uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of our exports uh, exports go over to Europe and so I don't think that there will be a euro default. I mean, there are obviously some issues going on over there. But yeah, just like Joe was saying, you want to make sure you're buying into companies that are, are very well run and diversified globally. You don't want too much exposure to one economy in particular, and Europe Europe is, is no different. So, you find those companies and and uh, try not to worry too much about those macro issues, because they're completely out of our control.
0: Well, and this question of, should I start now or should I wait, this came up in a different form a couple of weeks ago uh, on uh, the Motley Fool Money radio show. Uh, I was talking with Morgan Housel, and this is a question we've gotten before, and it's people who are looking at the presidential election, and they're sitting on the sidelines saying, you know what, I'm going to wait and see who wins, because you know, mm. if Governor Romney wins, mm. then these – Industries and companies will do well. If President Obama gets reelected, then these will do well. And see what you're totally doing right there, <laughs> Chris, is
1: you are speculating. And so, if you're investing that way, you're speculating because you're just basically kind of trying to figure out the the, the result of, of one or two uh, you know outcomes. There, it's, it's just a binary event. One is going to win. One is going to lose. It's not going to change the grand scheme of things here. That you really want to start investing. The sooner the better. Uh, there's no reason to rush into it. Take it slow. But yeah, the younger you start, the better your chances of success.
2: Joey. I have paid zero mind to the presidential election in regards to my portfolio uh, for the reason that one, I don't have any keen political insights on the ability to predict the outcome Two, you know, any presidential changes you have. Remember, they have to work with Congress to get things done. So let's not kid ourselves about our ability to predict who wins, what legislation they're able to put through and how that impacts the market.
0: Email from, and I'm going to mess up this name, so I apologize, uh, Pramad Sadalaj. I think I think that's close. Apologies. Sounds like uh, it. Right. I listen to your podcast all the time. I was wondering if you could dedicate a session to socially responsible company stocks. Uh, we're, we're not going to dedicate a session, not a whole podcast, but we'll-, we'll... <laughs> But a solid 30 seconds. <laughs> no, not a solid 30 <laughs> seconds, but we'll, but we'll take time out of this podcast to talk about uh, Socially responsible, this is something that comes up from time to time. Um, And as we were talking before we started taping, Jason, this is something that what was once considered socially responsible investing, quote unquote, that's really evolved over the last 20 years.
1: It has and I think that with pretty much any company you look at nowadays, they're going to have some sort of tilt towards socially responsible investing uh, or some sort of of department in their company that that you know touts their socially responsible ethics because if they don't then they're sort of on the on the outside there. Uh, and, you know, the thing about socially responsible investing is that it, it really is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, someone could look at Smith & Wesson, for example, and say, well, that's a socially responsible stock because they're keeping society in line with the threat of guns. <laughs> now, obviously, we're not we were probably not looking at it that way, and I don't think Pramod is either. Uh, but, you know, you look at companies out there like Chipotle, and their mission is very much in line with sustainable resources and things like that. But someone could argue the other side of the coin there that the burritos are, you know, 1,000 calories.
2: And made of pure sodium.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and to that point, Joe, I mean, yeah, once upon a time,
0: uh, there were socially responsible, quote-unquote, mutual funds that basically said, hey, we don't invest in liquor. We don't invest in cigarettes, tobacco of any kind. We don't invest in guns. Therefore, we're a socially responsible fund. But again, uh, a whole lot more complicated today.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, there's an interconnected world here, right? So, Chipotle is very responsible compared to its restaurant brethren, but the trucks that move Chipotle product from point A to point B—you know—they're not running on sunshine and rainbows. They're running on gasoline, which is obviously not uh, a net positive for us. And I get, <coughs> excuse me, questions all the time on the Inside Value discussion boards about you know whether our ideas are vetted from a socially responsible standpoint. And the answer is no. And the reason is I don't think you want me making social responsible judgments on your behalf because I don't have the same values as a as any other individual person (laughs) and I think that's true for everyone and you know you have to think through your own individual lenses for what works for you I will say with one big caveat that you do need to think about how companies interact with all their stakeholders and in that sense it is very important so for example I sold Phil Morris not on social responsibility concerns but largely just around the idea of, you know, look, these people are selling a product that is knowingly incredibly bad for them, and these people are free to purchase it or not and consume it as they wish, but at the same time, when you are knowingly hurting your customers, I don't think that's a winning long-term strategy.
1: Yeah, I think Joe really kicks in on something there, that it is up to the individual investor to really determine their core values and what's important to them. because What's important to me might not be as important to Joe or to you uh, or to anyone else. And so, you know, it's, it's very easy to sit there and criticize a company because it may not be in line with your values. But be careful because that interconnectedness is there. And uh, it, as long as you understand how, how that all functions together, understand your values and, and what's important to you. And then, you know, study the companies and invest accordingly.
0: And I know we've talked a lot in the past about electric cars, but I'm looking forward to the day when c- vehicles are powered by sunshine and rainbows. I think that'd be amazing. And driven by Google. Got me on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Uh, Email from Connor Donovan, who is a sophomore at Lehigh University. Love the young people listening. Love that. And to your point, Jason, when I was in college, I was nowhere near these people in terms of, you know, investing acumen or, or interest, frankly. Now, granted,
1: when we were in college, there was no Market Foolery. There was no podcast. Motley Fool was really just a twinkle in, in the Gardner Brothers' eyes. Right. So. But,
0: you know, I would take a, a nickel down to the movie theater on Saturdays and, and, <laughs> to watch the talkies. Get you and, some Cracker Jacks. And, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they'd, they'd have the newsreel ahead of time, and I'd get the, you know, the, the movie tone news. Uh, Connor writes, I started tuning in to Market Foolery and Motley Fool Money this summer. When I worked for a home remodeling company, I listened every morning while knocking down walls and hanging sheetrock. That's great. Sweet, <laughs> making him angry. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, you know, at le- at least one of you was really annoying the hell out of him. Uh, he continues to write. Now that I have a base in, uh, to my portfolio. I've been itching to diversify, but I'm not completely positive about what my next move should be. I'm thinking about adding a dividend stock, ideally a company with a stable and sustainable dividend with a good track record of increasing payout to shareholders. Uh, He goes on to write that he's looking at companies like AT&T, Verizon, Genuine Parts Company, Colgate, Palmolive. Thanks in advance for your help. Alternative perspectives are always a good asset in any portfolio. Um, great question, and also great that he's looking for um, not just a, a a good dividend, but a sustainable dividend. Because, as we've seen, there are companies that treat their dividend kind of like a yo-yo. You, you, want, you do want to see that sort of steady payout and that good track record over time. Uh, Joe, I'll just start with you. Uh, when you think about solid dividend companies, like the ones that Connor's talking about, do do the ones that he mentioned, do they fit into that category for you, or do you want to go off the board?
2: Uh, A couple do, a couple don't. AT&T and Verizon Communications, to me, are ones where I don't see a lot of upside on the dividends. I think Verizon's really going to uh, struggle to boost there anytime soon. I think that's going to be true for both. Uh, my favorite of those is Colgate, which I actually own. You know, it's a wonderful brand, and you wouldn't realize this, but they get double the amount of operating profit, almost, in Latin America that they do in the U.S. Um, Colgate is a huge international enterprise, and when we went on our honeymoon, we're often kind of far-flung places on the other side of the world, and you know they had Colgate <laughs> in these tiny little shops. Not many other American brands, but you'd see Colgate uh, and selling very well. And these are consumer products that... You know, you get in early and people have lifetime consumer product preferences like things with toothpaste. And it sounds boring and mundane, but it's a great little business and I think it'll be paying out hearty growing dividends for a very, very long time.
1: Jason, what do you think? So you know, earnings season is just around the corner here, it which is. means that my girls and I are going to be kicking around another stock to add to their portfolio. And they've already started talking to me about Nike. And the reason why is because I just kicked it off on my uh that was my real money pick for Invest Better Day a couple yep. weeks ago, uh, and the reason why I like Nike, the number of reasons why it's it's a, it's a green circle business, what we like to call a green circle uh, business, very easy to understand. Uh, it is essentially representative of sport everywhere around the world. Uh, in regard to dividends, you know, this is a company that right now only yields about one and a half percent. But an interesting point there that Connor made was not only a a dividend that's that's sustainable, but, but one that's staged to grow, uh, poised to grow over the course of the next few years, and I think that Nike is just in that very uh, very boat there. Over the last decade alone, they've increased the amount of dividends paid out on their cash flow statement by 400%. Uh, the stock has followed suit. And I think that with a dividend that's still so low in comparison to the amount of money that this company generates year in and year out, uh, you're going to see this this dividend continue to grow. Uh, and they're doing a good job of buying back shares as well, bringing that share count down and returning value to shareholders there. So, it's one that we're kicking around for my girls is as a long-term holding because of of those very reasons. And Connor, I'd encourage you to take a look at Nike. How old
0: are your girls again? Six and seven. So uh, in a few years, it's going to be awesome when they you still have the real money portfolio going and they just start pushing back on you. And, <laughs> and just the more math they learn, the more
1: opinionated they get, that's right. the more they're That's disliked. why we're getting them started so early, you know, so that I can at least get something established before they really start calling the shots.
0: So <laughs> they start completely undercutting yeah. you. Uh, finally, from Bob Coppola in Vail, Colorado. No question, but he simply just writes, In the summer, I listen to the podcast while mountain biking here in Vail. In the winter, I skin up to the top of Vail Mountain and ski down with powerful lights. But, guys, I miss the extra banter at the end of the show, which you used to include. I'd be in the middle of a difficult climb and think the podcast was over. And Uncle Joe would make some acerbic comment, followed by another comment from someone else on the crew. (laughs) Now I'm off to do a night ride. On the mountain bike, uh, two things there. First, uh, our producer Mac Greer, hes the one who makes the call on the on. It, to the extent that there's anything after the closing credits, that's that's max call. So well, you have a producer. We we, we leave it to uh, that, <laughs> the funny outtakes. We, we leave it to Max. <laughs> I'm
2: sure Mac would agree
0: with that. We leave it to max discretion. Uh, the, my second point: Am I the only one concerned that Bob is listening while he's on a mountain bike? That sounds dangerous. I was just say like, my sister listens to Motley Fool Money every weekend when she goes for a run, but she's running. That's the, I, for some reason. And I just feel like on a mountain bike let me put it this way. What's Whose safety do we fear for more? Bob's when he's out on a mountain bike or Connor when he's just, just wailing around with a big hammer knocking down walls. Or the
2: cop who listens to the show gets out and you know, beats the crap out of people and hops back in the car.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think we talked cool. about that one last. We week. did, we did. But I think no, he's he's leaving the podcast. He's not. Let, let's be clear. We're not talking about a police officer who's listening to the podcast while he's doing his job. While he's driving his patrol car, he's listening to it instead of the radio. Then he pauses it. And I, and I shouldn't say beats he, the crap out of. I mean,
2: detains a suspect. Exactly. Big uh, difference there. Keeps law in order.
0: That's a whole separate thing. These are people who are engaged in. You know. Walking the dog and
1: jogging, I get. Mountain biking, man, you better be really bold. Terrible.
0: Be safe, Bob. Just for the love of God, be safe. All right, Joe Mager, Jason Moser, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. As, as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: I play Mac for the lack of funny outtakes.
1: Well, we need him to like moon us or something while we're getting ready to close this thing up. No. We don't need that at all. We don't need that at all. You know what? You can't bleep that, can you? You,
0: you make that request on your own time. <laughs>